everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but Foodie married Beast anyway, and together we've got the Food and Wine Variety Show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast uh, with David and Nikki Nellis on this. I'm not sure. It looks like winter if you look out the window, and then you go outside, and it feels like a pool day, so I guess... Okay, let's not get crazy. Global warming <laughs> is real, everybody. I am wearing a sweater. But we do have a red-hot show today. And, uh, I mean, I can't believe you're like not even in touch with... What we're doing here. It is our last show of 2021. Thank the Lord. No. I'm sleeping in two Sundays in a row. Oh, my God. You're so lazy. (laughs) Give me a break. All right. Uh, Anyway, well, we have had an incredible year here on Foodie and the Beast. I mean, we were doing it out of our bedroom for a large part of the year thanks Sometimes to COVID. Sometimes completely naked. It was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Uh, but now we're back in studio and we're so thrilled. But today we do have to kind of jump back a little bit. And we are doing it almost all virtually today, except for Andy, our fabulous producer. But all of our guests are... Uh, he produced? I mean... He produces the show. <laughs> Anyway, why don't you introduce all of our great guests who are with us today? Well, as usual, we're going to start off with Deb Moser from Central Farm Markets and find out what's happening there and what their holiday schedule is because Mm -hmm, there's a lot going on. Because that's important. Then the fabulous Ruth Gresser, uh, uh, owner and uh, uh, chef at Pizza Paradiso, and the equally as fabulous Diane Gross, who is one of the two geniuses with her husband Khalid behind Cork Wine Barn Market, have teamed up at Cork Spring Valley. Great pizzas, great wines. You're going to hear all about that from... Mm -hmm. Uh, Diane and Ruth. Uh, they call her Joy the Baker. She's Joy Wilson, who got her start with an award-winning baking blog, and now she's she's the baker to the stars. She started a magazine called Joy the Baker, and um, we're going to have her on to talk about not just her, you know, her success as a blogger and a publisher, uh, but also about some really interesting uh, corporate tie-in she's got and some great new and products. She I'm has saying, I'm, products. You are incapable of allowing me to. I mean, do. it just takes you so long to get there. Okay, let's move on. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Carrie Mori founded her handmade biscuit business in 2005 with the, the goal of it was an homage to her mother's tender, buttery, made by hand biscuits. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's become an empire. Uh, today, Callie's hot little. Carrie. I can't, Carrie, sorry. Carrie's hot little biscuit is uh, really, it's recognized widely as an iconic Southern brand. She's got cookbooks. She's got a new cookbook out called Hot Little Suppers, Simple Recipes to Feed Family and Friends. We're going to hear all about that when Carrie joins us. And if you want to live longer and live better, then maybe you want to think about taking spermidine. Uh, Don Moxley is Director of Applied Science and Brand Development at Longevity Labs. And they have research that they say proves that adults are deficient in a previously unavailable youth molecule, which is now available in spermidine. Uh, and and it, we're taking it. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, apparently you, you get physical and, and you know, mental. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Benjamin Button. You go backwards in time. All right. Uh, it's going to be cool. We're going to find out about it. But let's talk to Deb first. Deb Moser from Central Farm Markets. Tell us what's up, Deb. What's going on Good at markets, morning. Deb? How are you? Well, I mean, this is like tis the season, right? So it, what's going it on? Is. It is. Uh, well, you know, the markets are full. They're packed with everything that you need for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can get everything there, including some of your wreaths and other goodies and lots of presents for everybody and stocking stuffers and bakery goods and meats and fish and poultry. You name it, we've got it. Mm -hmm. But I do want to mention a couple of things. Uh, as you know, Pike closed for the season yesterday, so oh. we will reopen Pike in April. Okay. I do, Pike. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it'll continue to be warm, as David says. Right. And uh, Bethesda and Nova are open year round. Mm-hmm. So we will be open all winter and you can come out every week and get everything you want. And most importantly, we're open December 26th. Oh, well, we, so okay. We should if say to people. Well, I'm just going to say people who haven't here. been there should, particularly because it's a holiday time, you can go on the 26th, there's no work, there's no nothing. That's a Sunday, actually. It is a Sunday. you got to go exactly. because this isn't just a little farmer's market on the corner. This is scores of, of great vendors with pretty much anything you can think of from meats to, to spirits to everything in between. Well, but I, what I also love about it, Deb, is that it really is sort of a place to go with people, right? It's really a exactly. community center. Um, everybody comes together, but especially after the holiday, like with all the like hustle and bustle and everything you have all these people in your house like it's a nice like way to spend it's the morning great, right like get all the stuff having, you need for brunch yep, come out have a hot cup of coffee or tea and mm-hmm. a croissant and listen to the music and have a good time and get ready for new year's eve because it's coming it's the sunday before new year's so you want to stock up all right tell everybody where they can find you please online deb yeah all of our information is at centralfarmmarkets.com mm-hmm. and sign up for our newsletter so you know when we are open and when we're Maybe not open. Okay, great. Plus, I always love the centerfold in that newsletter. <laughs> yeah, awesome. there you really go. Okay. All right, let's move on. We've got two living legends standing by, Ruth Gresser and Diane Gross. Are you there, guys? Hi, good morning. Can you hear me? Well, so you- We can. On your own, you guys have created, let's call them empires here, one with pizza and beer and the other with wine and, and delicious Terrific little food. tidbits of food. But now you're, you've joined up in Spring Valley to do something a little different. Um, tell us about it. Uh, during COVID, we uh, started having conversations about doing um, something collaborative. And we were popping up at Pizzeria Paradiso for a while. Mm-hmm. And then um, Ruth was sort of looking for to add something to Paradiso and it all sort of worked out. But Diane, and we, for people um, who haven't popping up permanently. But what does that mean? Like when you talk about popping up, what does that mean? For a lot of people they don't, you know, maybe they don't understand what that means or what that looks like. What did you bring? How did you do that? Because I mean, Ruth has a full blown restaurant. So what was it that you were providing right. there? So we're not at it, you know, we're not providing, you know, sit down, eat anything. Um, mm-hmm. That's all done by Paradiso, which, you know, obviously is excellent pizza. Um, I know we have some we did, in studio. Amen. Eat- <laughs> we ate a lot of pizza during our pop-up mm-hmm. um, and, and still are, um, but uh, we, you know, basically popped a tent up in front of the Paradiso um, in Spring Valley and we sold wine and cheese and charcuterie boxes mm-hmm. and um, we, uh, you know, we're selling, we're featuring maybe about 20 wines every week we were doing and people were coming by and really enjoying it. And buying a lot of wine and um, more often than not, I heard, hey, I used to shop on 14th Street and then I moved to Spring Valley and I Mm. haven't been there since. Um, So Ruth and I started talking and uh, it seemed like a good idea to do it permanently. So we carved out a little space. She carved out a little space for us inside the restaurant. Um, And we have a little store basically right inside the restaurant and you can buy 
um, a pizza and some wine and take it home. You can uh, have a pizza there and then buy some wine to take home. Well, um, but, but what's, you know, what's sort of historically interesting about you guys, you know, we've been, we're in our 14th year on the air. You guys were among our first guests, I think, when we went on the air. You got in good times, you know, good people know how to make money, but in, it's really the test is really during a recession or during this COVID thing when you really have to. I mean, nobody likes the word innovate, but you really have to because otherwise, you know, your your butt's in the grinder. And uh, you guys really figured out always how to kind of keep it going in a really special way that makes people come and buy stuff. Okay, so listen, Ruth. When we come back next. We'll hit you. Diane, tell us what you brought us here. The Cap Fizz. What is it? Um, so we so also in the store, we're featuring prepared foods from women owned chefs around the city mm-hmm. um, and also some really fun um, like retail products. So mm-hmm. I think the first thing you guys have is uh, Reventos y Blanc Cava, which is a really classically made cava, beautiful um, champagne-like wine. Sorry. All the indigenous varietals are in it. Mm-hmm. And we paired it with some yummy um, Q's nuts, which are vegan um, uh, nuts that are mm-hmm. um, enhanced with um, sea salt and rosemary. Great. Um, to be a great, like, party snack. So what's better than, like, nuts and champagne to get your party started? We love it. All right, we're going to come back to you guys and hear more. That's why she married me. I always bring champagne. And actually, he's nuts. So, uh, all right. Let's start with Carrie. No, we've got to go to a commercial first. We do? No, we don't. Don't we? That's what we have a producer for. Andrew. Okay. So, Carrie. Okay. Hot Little Suppers. Carrie Mori, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm great. How are y'all? We. Oh, my God. We are so good, but I don't say y'all quite as Where well are you, as Carrie? you do. I am in Charleston, South oh, Carolina. Oh, that's where our grandkids are. We were just there. That's where they invented y'all. Yeah. Okay. So oh, that is where they invented y'all. You're so right. Let's, before we get into your background and talk about the book and all that, um, I did read through your book, and I love it. And I have to say there's something in here that um, really appeals to me. I like your Be a Biscuit line. Uh, rise tall, be yeah. warm and buttery on the inside, and be open to anyone's jam. I think that's like... An amazing hashtag. I want to like, I want to like sew it for my kids. Like I want them to like know that that's how they should feel about everything all the time. It's really, um, it's really sweet. I really love it. Well, thank you. I, I've come to the realization after making biscuits professionally for 16 years that biscuits are a metaphor for, for life, and it works within our company culture, but also within our com- our our home culture. So, if we can all be a biscuit, uh, the world would be a better place. Yeah, we so, amen. Totally agree with you. So, Again. let's give uh, get a little bit of background on you, how you got into the biscuit biz. Absolutely. Well, you know, I've been, I've grown up like most good Southern women. I've been raised from a very small age to uh, make amazing food and be an incredible entertainer just Mm -hmm. by, you know, watching my grandmothers and, and mom do it. And, you know, it's just in my blood. So when I mean, I don't want to throw down a gauntlet here, but us Northerners can also entertain. I just want to say. Absolutely. No no disrespect to the to the northerners Mm. at all. Um, You know, they fought a war over this. I think we can just relax. (laughs) For God's sake. That's right. That's right. So anyway, uh, trying to figure out a way to mesh my priority of being a present um, mother and being a really active part of our daughter's lives and 
uh, fuel my passion and create a business that was really centered around my priority of um, being a part of our girls' lives was a was really the impetus to coming up with the idea of starting a handmade mail order internet only biscuit business in 2005, which you can imagine how successful that was. Right. Not so much. <laughs> Uh, I think internet messages were still delivered on horseback back then. But it was a smart, but your idea was in the right place. Yeah, and you know, I look back on it, it's it's worked out exactly as I wanted it to because I have, the business has grown as our girls have grown. Mm -hmm. So it has provided me exactly what I wanted it to provide me, which was um, a, a great business that grew at a pace in which I was able to put my, our daughters first. So I have nothing but mad uh, gratitude for the, the life that I have been able to create and live. I love so. that. All right, Carrie, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about how you took all that passion for uh, not just biscuits, but for your family and entertaining and everything and uh, created this business and rolled it into a book. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. It's going to be buttery and warm in studio. We'll be back in just a sec. Oh all right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We are talking to Carrie Morey, who sits atop a biscuit empire, pretty much. She's a cookbook author. She delivers her, you know, great biscuits uh, to your internet order that originate with her mom and her grandmom. But I, I got a question for you. The title of your new cookbook is Hot Little Suppers, Simple Recipes to Feed Family and Friends. And we've had, you know, a bunch of cookbook authors and folks on before. I mean, a lot of cookbook authors. But I mean... You know, this whole idea of simple recipes, um, you know, are people, it sounds like people are just craving that, that the, that the, you know, the, the, the extended, you know, let's spend four hours in the kitchen making a big meal is not what people want to do anymore. And they need help figuring out how to do it quickly because they're working and they got kids and all that. Is that what you're responding to here? Well, that is my life. So it's authentically I, my our our supper table is our grounding space, and it is um, I feel pretty much like a failure if I don't feed my my family at least four to five nights a week. So that has been my priority, and I have to do it around growing and building and running um, a, a biscuit company. So it is, and I think that. You know, you make time for what is important to you. And these recipes have a ton of flavor, but they are simple. I mean, there's chopping involved, and that's about as difficult as it gets. Well, and even, uh, but you know very well, and I call it lazy cooking, but these days, I mean, you can find stuff chopped. I mean, it's not, yes, you know, you can you really can. read your recipes and be like, I can go to the store and get almost everything like chopped onions, garlic, right. celery, everything can be done for you. And you just throw it together and sit down. And mm -hmm. you know, that, that is what is most important. Like do it your way. Here is inspiration and make it work in your family. Well, how about uh, an example? What's like uh, out of all these in the book, what's the one that you're, I mean, there's is a your lot. good? Pick I know. one, just one. Yes. There's okay. a lot, but I just opened the book to naan, which, okay. uh, you know, I gravitate towards bread and mm -hmm. naan is an Indian bread. And for many, many years, I bought it just like y'all probably do mm -hmm. and, and, and bought it. And then I started researching it and I thought, oh my goodness, this is so easy and I can do it at home in two seconds. And it just, it takes it to another level. It's, it can be as little as two ingredients. It can be yogurt and self-rising flour and that's it. My mm -hmm. recipe involves onion and garlic and cilantro, but um, it fries up 
while you are plating the rest of the meal. So it's just the little things and teaching your family that you don't have to buy everything at home or this is something that you can quickly make and it doesn't just need to go with Indian food. It, you know, just the other night I served it with the salmon with the nuns recipe and um, it can be left over and, and made into breakfast too. So but is it, something that I would think people would be intimidated by, but it is so easy. But isn't that what's amazing now that we can take, um, you know, sort of foods that we maybe did not grow up with, but that we love, whether it's, you know, naan or biscuits or, or other things and incorporate them in other meals that maybe wouldn't naturally go together. You know, like I Absolutely. think of, I know you have something here with cacio e pepe. I mean, cacio e pepe is everywhere. I mean, it everywhere. is it is not just a butter anymore. I think food and wine did a whole- Perque e delicioso. Yes, it also is delicious. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, I think that's what's so interesting is that you can take from so many different- cuisines and cultures and traditions and incorporate them in ways that make it all taste delicious? Well, it is the way that we communicate and Mm -hmm. it is the one thing that everybody must do in order to live, right? You have to eat. And whether you're from India or Thailand or South Carolina, you all have that connection. And that's what this book is so great about because there's so many different iterations on other people's food, other cultures. Well, Southern is where I started, but mm-hmm. this is how we eat. But that means you got to have some stuff around the house. So what? Oh, she has a great yeah. pantry well, list. That's in what here. I was going to ask. What I mean, if you had to say, no matter what, have this in your pantry. What would that be? I think no matter what, if I only had to pick one thing, I would say you need to have really good canned tomatoes because that's in just about every culture, and we you have can make tonnage so of that. So good. That. We won't I'm a, starve. I'm a big and believer in that. Them. Lots of them. Because if you have them on hand, there's never a reason to order takeout. Um, so we only have a minute left. But I do want to get into a section that I personally found um, I really loved. I love the uh, leftover biscuit dough creations. So is that yeah. something that, like, you and your kids just started playing with? Or was – it was – how did that come together? Because – as a northerner who did not grow up like making biscuits with my grandmother, that's just not what we did. No, her grandmother ordered yeah. them in. Okay, that is also not true. We love we love grandmothers like that. Yeah, yeah. no, my that's grandmother was a, an amazing baker. He's just being a jerk. I am being um, a jerk. He, she was an amazing baker, but we didn't do biscuits. So, like, what were some of these things, and how did they come together? Well, so what happens is we have 14 women that literally make every single biscuit by hand every day. Mm -hmm. And we don't use past the second rollout. So there's the dough gets tougher as you go on. And so we're throwing away a lot of dough and it just seemed to be so wasteful to me. So over the years, we started saying, well, let's try this. Let's try this. And, uh, you know, now one of our most anticipated products that will come out in January of 2022 is the holy biscuit cracker which is a good idea delicious crisp cracker but it tastes like a biscuit and it goes with everything so you know it came out of a i don't want to waste this there's got to be something we can do with that biscuit bowls biscuit crackers eggs in a hole um it's the eggs in the hole one that i'm i'm already i'm like in i'm like that one's going to be happening in my house and it's such a great party appetite i mean it you know and not an appetite, but a great party you know brunch yeah sunday brunch and it's gorgeous it just it has all the components of a one pot or pan meal yep okay so carrie i want to thank you so much for joining us this morning hot little suppers where can we find you um online and on instagram please 
please come visit us at Callie'sBiscuits.com. We're still shipping for the holidays. And on Instagram, Perry Bailey Mori or Callie's Hot Little Biscuit. Great. Thank you so much. We're going to come visit you. Our grandkids are in Somerville, so we'll come and stay a couple nights with you. We're okay? coming down soon. To eat <laughs> biscuits. Y'all come see us. Right. Yes, I'm serious. All right. <laughs> take care. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Anyway, let's Happy go, holidays. Go to Happy holidays to you. Let's go back to Ruth. Let's talk about you and... And so, you know, Diane sort of laid out how she went about doing this to to create your, uh, you know, the pop-up together. But what made you decide that this was a great idea to create, to actually do as a, as a business? So uh, the short version is, you know, with the, on, with the pandemic, we needed to figure out some alternative revenue sources, mm-hmm. frankly. And one of the ways that, that, we started working um, to do that was to working with, with was collaborations and working with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really, really worked for us in, in various, um, in various uh, arenas. And one of them was the, the women's group that, that Diane mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of us all came together and, um, and put on some events that we all collaborated with. And so I made a bunch of new connections. Um, and we did collaborations all through last year um, with around um, uh, uh, like the, each month we'd have a collaboration with a different, um, with around a special that we were, that we were serving in the, in the restaurant. So we, we worked with the Georgetown Butcher for, uh, Black History Month in February, and um, and and we brought a bunch of women together to to sell out of our store for um, for Women's History Month. So we started doing that, and we just sort of expanded our community. Well, um, and if I can I just mean, interject with, I mean, I sure. think it's really important to sort of for people who don't know about the DC food, wine, and dining scene that there are so many women who are in the industry, whether they are makers, restaurateurs, chefs, cooks, front of the house, back of the house, wherever it is. But there is a thriving community of women. And I think what you and Diane did, uh, among others, obviously, was say, let's get together and find ways to support one another when we need it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, the pandemic hits women a lot harder, you know. Mm-hmm access to capital to just keep us going sure. those sorts of things that have always been issues for me having been now in this business for close to 50 years mm-hmm. um and 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 just seeing the the role that women have played in it um and and one of the connections that we made was with Diane mm-hmm. um and and that's when the pop-up started where she just brought wine and and sold it to uh the neighborhood in which Spring Valley, you know, to the Spring Valley neighborhood and to our customers um, who were looking for something in addition to what they already came to Paradiso well, let's for. Be, let's be honest. During the height of the pandemic, what everybody needed more of Drink was wine. Absolutely. So, okay, Absolutely. to that point, Diane, yeah. uh, yes. what is Cap Fizz? I really want to know. <laughs> so I think it's like the perfect thing for DC, but that's not its origin. It's actually from Oregon and Ilahi is the producer. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, they just wanted to do like a fun sparkling wine that was more like a beer, um, but was uh, drinkable like every day with fun things. And then today we paired it 
with queso from mm-hmm. Ann Cashin and her new restaurant. Right. Um, and our favorite Jose Andres potato chips, which are made with um, extra virgin olive now, oil. He makes every potato chip individually, correct? By hand. By hand. <laughs> right. Stirs it. While he's, it, saving, it, while he's saving the world. Okay. Right. All right, we're going right, to come back to you guys, okay? Let's and talk, talk to... more baking. Joy the baker. Joy the baker. Joy Wilson, you're there. I think you're sitting in your car somewhere, right? I know. <laughs> yes. Trapped hi, in traffic. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my car somewhere in East Texas. All right, oh. so, so yes. hi, the, Joy. the long and short of it is you were a baker. You started blogging back in, what, 2000 and wherever, five, something like that. And then all of a sudden, you're an award-winning blogger with bazillions of followers and then you you start a magazine. How about you let her I mean, tell her no, own no, story? No, no, I want to say that's pretty cool for somebody who probably when you started blogging was just trying to, you know, find an outlet for your, you know, your your thoughts basically on baking. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's a pretty accurate synopsis. <laughs> well, yeah, it would have been better if we heard it from no, you. No, no, because okay. how is she going to say Savour picked me as the best blogger and the London Times loved me as one of the top 50 blogs and, you know. You don't say that about yourself, but I mean, that must have been pretty exciting for that to happen that way. Yeah, it was very exciting. I started my blog in 2008 and really, I mean, I was working in a bakery at the time and I would come home and blog in the afternoons and really it was just a way to like document the recipes that I was making in a bakery and I never, I mean, I never expected that it would, that I'd be doing it 14 years later. And so as that evolved for you, as the blog evolved, as technology evolved, Instagram comes into play, Facebook, Twitter, all these social media outlets, how did you incorporate all of that into what you were doing and what your readers wanted to see from you? Yeah, it's like you you have to build build yourself out everywhere. I mean, I I sort of had to recognize myself as a brand, which is a weird thing to do. It's strange. Um, as all of these platforms were building out and just sort of take the time to see what the people on those various platforms want from you and then how to communicate with them best. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's kind of a wild ride. All the, all the pieces we've had to incorporate and learn since 2008. Right. Because if you think about it, you're like, I'm a baker. I like to right. bake. And now I'm, I'm a, a baker. And now, now I'm a... I like now I have to be my own video person, too. Right. Like, OK, let's just figure this out. OK, listen, we're going to take a quick break, Joy. But when we come back, let's talk about how you did grow that business. And now you're doing all these other amazing things. This is David and Nikki Nellis. There is joy in the studio because we have Joy the Baker with us. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And we are talking to... Joy the Baker, Joy Wilson, who has a, basically a baking empire now. She's a publisher. She's a blogger. She's a star in magazines and 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 TV all over the place. And now we've got her on the show to talk. You know, for people that that hear your story and hear how you built this tiny little blog into you know a magazine publishing career and lots of other things and a partnership with William Sonoma, we want to talk about. I mean, is is there a secret or is it just plugging away and not giving up and not getting, um, you know, tired, essentially? Yeah, <laughs> not getting tired. Tell me more about that. Right. Um, so the secret is just being relentless, being relentless about developing recipes and creating content. And it's something that I would do whether or not anyone was paying attention to me doing it. And maybe that's the secret. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that I love the most. And so as a baker, how would you describe the kind of baked goods that you gravitate to the most? Like, do you go more to like a little bit of a savory-ish, 
more side? Are you more sweet? Do you like fluffy? Are you more playful? How would you describe the kind like what you like most? It's interesting. I feel like it's changed a little bit. So I'm a self-taught baker. Mm-hmm. And in, in my early baking days, everything, I just wanted everything to be super sweet and chocolatey and like extra delicious. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, I mean, I think I think your tastes change the more baking you do when it's your job. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really have a sweet tooth anymore. But baked goods, like savory baked goods are my jam. Right. Like that's, that's where I gravitate like a, like a, croissant with ham and cheese inside mm-hmm. divine or play that song to me end of that spectrum is like give me a package of oreos and and it'll be gone in an hour <laughs> like store-bought Wait, you'll, still, so you'll still eat the you're sweets a cultured sophisticated uh, sugar <laughs> addict that's great okay so <laughs> let's if we could can we talk about how you went from you know sharing recipes and i know you do like partnerships and you have a magazine but how did boxing up your desserts come into play because this is a whole other animal of creating you know a, a box good that really creates your recipe to be as close to what you do right like it's right. hard to make that happen it is hard and i wanted to do it for a long time but i you know i didn't just want to throw any bait any like box mix together mm-hmm. so I, i'm lucky enough to partner with william sonoma and their standards are quite high they're super high like the, they, the ingredients they use are like very good quality and mm-hmm. we did a lot of testing going back and forth to make sure the recipe felt easy and right for a home cook that like n- kind of no fail mm-hmm. now let me ask you a question do you feel like because you have so many followers and so many people who trust you and use your recipes when they're baking do you feel like this opens you up to a different market or do you do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like people who bake sort of look at boxes and think, no, I'm 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 supposed to do it from scratch. You know, yeah. like there's this yeah. like mental thing about baking. How do you how do you help reconcile that for your bakers? That's true. I feel like I'm trying to hit both types of people people that love to bake and love to bake from scratch and people that don't know how to bake. So I like to, I like to say the Williams Sonoma mixes are sort of like baking light because you'll still need to grab a stick of softened butter and an egg and you'll be creaming, you know, like you'll cream, you'll do some bakey type things. Mm -hmm. So if you're a serious baker, you'll still feel like you're in your lane. And if you're a new baker, you'll feel like you're really doing something. So you'll, you know, you'll like claim it as yours. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to ride, ride that middle line. And and let's talk about what you decided. So we have the chocolate cake with Neapolitan frosting. How did you decide which recipes to work with William Sonoma on and to execute? Yeah, we worked on a lot and we just we landed on on flavor, like some of my most favorite classic baking flavors, Mm -hmm. Neapolitan being one of them, chocolate and peanut butter being another. That's our other one. Yes, with espresso. (laughs) I mean. We just wanted to, like, land on very classic baking flavors. Well, and I also feel like these are, like, you've hit every buzz term, right? Like espresso, peanut butter. Do you know what I mean? Maybe Neapolitan. We think pizza, which, by the way, Ruth, we are gobbling up in studio at the moment. How many habaneros are in that pizza? (laughs) (laughs) Joy, Tasty, right? Let's talk about your magazine, where people can find it, and... Can these products be ordered online strictly through Williams and Sonoma? Like, how do how do we access everything you do? 
Yes. Well, the Williams-Sonoma mixes are available in all the stores. There's three cake mixes and three breakfast mixes, Ooh. all available in-store and online at williamssonoma.com. Mm-hmm. How good does it feel to be able to say that? <laughs> Come on. Seriously, just stop um, for a minute and say they're all online at williamssonoma.com. How does Man. <laughs> I know, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Um, you're right. Thank you for thank you for putting a button on that. For right. me. Um, and then the magazine, Joy the Baker magazine, is available at most places. Groceries are sold at Walmart, mm-hmm. at, at Barnes and Noble. It's, it's on the shelf. But see, that's and another so thing funny. to go I into that even... business and publish a you know a hard copy. Is it also available um, online? The full magazine it's, or no? It's it's mostly available in stores. Like huh. that's. The, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. Congratulations on that. And do you prefer people that. to follow you on Instagram, like Pinterest, TikTok? Yeah. Where are you these days? Follow me wherever wherever you are. I'm Joy the Baker everywhere. Okay. In East Texas. <laughs> you don't great. sound East Texas, by the way. <laughs> okay. Well, Joy, we. No, I'm not. I'm from California. That's it. You look more California. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, so. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, your stuff is fabulous. We're so excited to share it with our audience. Um, have a wonderful holiday. And uh, we're going to go back to Ruth and Diane um, to talk about uh, the next wine that they're uh, serving. So Diane and Ruth, when you guys came together uh, and decided on the wines that would be sold and the products that would be sold, did you collaborate on that? Or Ruth, were you like, um, Diane, you got this, or this is what I want with me? Like, how'd you guys do it? No, we, we really wanted to do it together. Um, and in fact, before the wine store opened, um, uh, I started talking with Diane about uh, curating our wine list in spring the Spring Valley restaurant oh. and what she did because we were also looking looking to the future was she um uh, when she 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 compiled our 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 wine list with the idea that those wines would be available in the store Mm. so you come in you have a great meal you enjoy a wine you can take a bottle home too well i do love that idea think about how many times you go to a restaurant you have a wine and then the next morning you wake up and you're like what did I do? What was that? Like, what was it? And yeah. where do I get it? Do you know what I mean? Take like, a photograph of the label, all that stuff. Yeah. Right, you don't like, have to do that anymore. So am I correct? And I, I don't know the answer to this. If we're if we're at Pizza Paradiso in Spring Valley and I spot this bottle of wine, we can pop it there too, right? It works both ways, yes. Right. I love that idea. And does it work with an intravenous unit? That's what I would want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think one of the great things, too, is that Ruth's pricing represents the fact that there's a wine store in the middle of a restaurant. So, you know, it's really fair pricing and folks don't feel like they can go from one to the other. And it's all, um, you know, very accessible. Well, I think that's that is important. Right, Ruth, because given the kind of. Uh, you know, your pizzeria and your beer program, which has, you know, been lauded all the time. I think having wine, you know, a great selection of wines, but also wines in the right price range, you know, just like you can't have a $200 bottle of wine there, right? It's not going to make sense. And you know what? If this sounds sexy and fun to those outliers of you that happen to live in, oh, I don't know, Gaithersburg or Tyson's Corner, it's so easy to get to Spring Valley. It's just straight down. Uh, Mass Avenue from American yeah. University, right off of Wisconsin, and you know main roads, and it's this is something special. So, all right, so Diane, which are we doing next, the Dolcetta or the Pardis? You should do the Dolcetto because it's it. a classic. 
Italian varietal. It'll be great with the pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we have a strong focus on Italian wines in the store as well as obviously French and Spanish, which we are known for. But mm-hmm. we really um, curated a really nice Italian list. So this is um, Marchese de Grazi is a fabulous producer in the Piedmont. We've been featuring his wine since we opened. And mm. this just has some really nice... Um, darker fruit that'll go nice with some of the spice and the sausage on the pizza. Okay. All right. Well, we need a Sardinian wine education because we're about to head for there. Well, so. We can do I that know. later. We're not, not about now. to. Not on the show right now. <laughs> Someday. All right. Okay. Someday. All right. Next guest. Are Next ready? guest. Don Moxley. Don, are you there? I am here. Hi, Don. Hey, Don. Okay. So, so before you get into it, because I know you really well, want to have this conversation with Don. Is? Nope. Nope. Don, I just want to tell you that when I got the information on your product, I picked up the phone and uh, called the people who sent it to me and said, let me just explain. If you tell me you have something that's going to make me look pretty, I want it. So let's figure out how we make this happen. And that's well, how, okay, that's, that is and, why and you are here today. Because she looked like Dick Butkus when I married her. <laughs> yeah, look at her now. We had a great starting point. So that's not, that the bears. Reach for us, All right. doing good. So let me tell people who you are. Don Moxley, Director of Applied Science and Brand Development at Longevity Labs, they have research that shows that adults that are adults are deficient in a previously unavailable, let's call it a youth molecule called sperm spermidine, mm-hmm. and that's why we show physical and mental signs of aging. I'm 72. I'm sure I show a lot of that, mm-hmm. but that you guys have developed the first natural spermidine supplement that triggers cell renewal across organ systems. So it sounds like the fountain of youth in a bottle. Well, we're starting to get close to it. You know, in in 2016, uh, a Japanese researcher was able to describe a metabolic process that we call autophagy. And anyone anyone who engages in fasting, um, this is one of the benefits you get from fasting. And and fasting is a uh, it's a process. It's in all major religions. It's an ancient process. So it's been life giving for a long time. But when we started to understand the chemical process of autophagy we start to realize, okay, there's some key elements that contribute to that. And a researcher in uh, Graz, Austria, uh, Dr. Frank Medeo, identified, wow, there's this molecule that we've known about for a long time. We've known about it since the invention of the microscope uh, back in in the late 1700s. But we didn't know what it did. But uh, starting about uh, uh, 2016, we started to figure out what this molecule is and and how it uh, contributes to aging or the lack thereof. So, and, and so are we lacking in this molecule? What is it about this molecule as we age? Do we, are we is it like losing our bone density? Like and is why it is it called spermidine if it also works on women? Well, the, it's called spermidine because some freak found it in the semen. Um, and it just got the name <laughs> and we decided to stick with it. Um, okay. It's a great name. It, it, it's yeah, it's listen, we went out <laughs> the freakiest name we can and said, hey, let's bring this to market. Um but um, but it's in all plants and all animals, men, women, and it, and we do know it declines with age. And see, we do know that as people get older, the level of this declines. But people who live well into their 90s and hundreds, like blue zones, um, they have very high spermidine diets. And the spermidine molecule is very critical with this aging process. You know, as we get older, as we, as we cross like the 60 year old mark. The, the thing that's going to take us out are going to be inflammatory related diseases like cancer or heart disease, things like that. Well, 
these are all elements that are that benefit from increased autophagy or the presence of more spermidine. Okay, um, um, Don, well, hold on. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dig more into this. This is very, this is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. Uh, we're going to be young and beautiful in 2022. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Don Moxley from Longevity Labs about spermidine, mm-hmm. which basically it sounds like a Benjamin Button kind of a thing. But, but I mean— I don't know if it worked for my, for for Gandhi because he did look like a baby in a in a diaper, but he looked like a dried up baby in a in a diaper. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he had a lot. Of I other mean, unfortunately, this is radio, so you can't see my eye roll. But that was a major eye roll, <laughs> anti eye roll. Too. I, had to, I had to eye say roll. it. All right, so here are a couple of fast questions. I've been taking I've taken two capsules a day since we we got the samples from you. Mm-hmm. What am I looking for in terms of you know some kind of impact on me and how long should it take, et cetera? One of the first things that our customers talk about is they see a change in their fingernails. So one of the benefits of increased spermidine is you have the increased production of the stem cells in your body that make your skin, your hair, and your nails better. Um, so this is where the beauty part comes in. And again, if you have better skin, if you have better nails, those nails start growing faster. So within about three to five weeks, you should, you're going to wake up one day and say, fully macro, I'm working on my nails again. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great- Like Howard Hughes? I mean, big, long nails or just better, stronger nails? Both. They grow faster. So you have the, uh, so the, it's called epithelial stem cells. It's epithelial are your skin cells. Yep. Mm-hmm. And those, the stem cells of those upregulate. So you have more- Stemminess, so that 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 youth molecule, that youth that comes with stem cells, uh, increases. Um, so skin gets better, nails grow faster, hair gets better. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are we missing from our diets? Do you think that causes well, us to lose the spermidine? Well, you know, it's probably related to the way we produce our food. Now, if you again, if you go look at blue zones, blue zones, people who live in blue zones typically are doing their own garden. What, I'm not, sorry, not, what's a blue zone? I don't know what a blue zone oh, is. I'm sorry. So a blue zone is one of five or six areas around the world where people live longer than the people around them. Like Got Sardinia, uh, Loma Linda, California, Okinawa. We're going Japan. to Sardinia. Russians, we're going to Sardinia. <laughs> Russians in the Ural Mountains who eat yogurt. Right. Well, and they're eating, they're eating products that they probably grew themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not commercially grown. And so we are we are getting our spermidine. We extracted from wheat germ in Central Europe, uh, so northern Italy, Austria, uh, southern Germany. Um, we are not able to find spermidine-rich wheat germ in the United States, and it's probably based on the way that we produce our food. Um, but when you look at people who live for a long time, they grow their own food, so there's a really high nutrient density that comes with that, and one of those nutrients is spermidine. That is really interesting. That is interesting. My my great great grandfather died at 106 of a broken neck because he was trying to step over a fence with a calf on his shoulders, and that's nice. how he died. And he was, you know, in one of those blue zones. Interesting. Well, I another question: What does the FDA have to say about sperma? It's spermidine. I've been calling it dine, but spermidine. Yeah. Either way is correct. So the FDA is. We are in the process of getting it re- uh, recognized as an essential uh, nutrient. Mm-hmm. Um, we have done all this work in Europe. Remember, we're an Austrian company. We started in Austria, and that's where we really started to, to get all our regulatory work done. So in this country, we import it as a wheat germ extract, but we have all the labs showing the density of spermidine. And we're and spermidine, spermidine, either way is fine. 
Um, and um, so, you know, we're in the process of getting this regulated. One of the things we're looking at is getting it declared a, um, a medically necessity food that once you're above 40, 45 years old, it may not be possible to get a, the enough spermidine in your diet to facilitate the autophagy necessary for quality life. Um, so once we get to that point, it, we're starting to approach vitamin category here, that this is an essential nutrient. Actually, you know, okay, so we're, let's... We're, no, no, I, let me keep going because you know, we have a dog with who, who just had cancer surgery six months ago and was supposed to be dead, but we've been treating her homeopathically. And one of the things mm-hmm. I just read about uh, is they say that, that wheat germ should be added to her diet because... Essentially, it renews cells and it and it keeps cells from crazy, you know, wildcat reproduction. So, but if I just go buy wheat germ from Austria, am I getting the same thing as spermidine? No, because actually one of our key processes, we have to spend a lot of time identifying spermidine-rich wheat germ. Mm-hmm. And, and so... So we have a process of, 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 of reducing it down to just the essential spermidine-rich extract, and we can't do that with any wheat we buy in Austria. We have to really focus on getting the spermidine-rich stuff, and it's very difficult to get this in this country. So that's, that's part of the process that we go through. So, but spermidine is essentially ultra-super-duper wheat germ? Refined. Refined. Well, Based on we, the terroir, again, right? I assume we, it has to do with where it's grown, and that's how it can has the components that you're looking for, right? Well, it's those key elements, where it's grown, what is the spermidine content, and then can we get it reused now? So you're not eating a bucket of wheat germ, you're able to get it in a couple tablets and uh, during really the cool. day so that you can get your essential daily nutrient. Um, just before we wrap up, because I'm real, it is really fascinating. Can we go back to, you know, how you talked about fasting and the state of it is, is it autophagy? Can you pronounce it? I can't pronounce it. I see the autophagy, word. Autophagy. Autophagy, thank you. Or autophagy is fine. Okay. Autophagy is what we say. And so what happens to your body in that state? Well, this is your body's, um, it, it's a survival state. So we did not, we did not evolve to have food present 24, seven, 365. You know, we didn't, what? Like, we didn't, have, you know, <laughs> but before refrigerators and before agriculture, you know, we might go a period of time without food. Mm-hmm. And what the body does is it recognizes it, says, hey, food's, food's not present. Let's go clean up our cells and let's use the parts of our cells that are no longer productive mm-hmm. and put those into the energy pathway. So as you, as you live every day, you make proteins. That's part of what cells do. They make proteins, but they don't always make them correctly. They make protein mistakes. Well, as you go into autophagy, the cell digests those bad proteins or the old organelles that are no longer valuable. And that's where the youth comes from, by cleaning that up. We've got a really interesting study that came out of Berlin uh, in March that shows people with dementia who take spermidine, see uh, they don't get dementia worse. That people who don't take spermidine, their dementia gets worse. People who take it, it stays the same. And it's, it relates back to this ability to clean up the proteins in the neurological cells so that you see those, so you see that performance huh. increase. Great. Um, um, Don, listen, well, we have to wrap it up. Um, no, we have to wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, so but stay on because I've got questions for you about this because this works with intermittent fasting too. Right. So, okay. Absolutely. So, Don, tell everybody where they can find out more information about the product. You, you'll go to our website, www.spermidinelife, S-P-E-R-M-I-D-I-N-E, life, L-I-F-E, dot U-S, mm-hmm. dot U-S. If you go to .com, you're going to wind up in Austria. 
If you go to U.S., you're going to see the stuff that's written in English. Great, Don. Thanks so much. All right, Diane and um, and Ruth, thanks so much for coming back. We're wrapping up the show. So let's just talk about quickly what you guys have going on as we celebrate this collaboration into the new year. You're doing a lot of work with other uh, women this year. You have gift baskets and, and uh, other opportunity uh, options that people can get through you all. Can we talk about a little bit of that? Uh, sure. Um, well, we, through um, our women's collaborative, um, put together three different gift baskets, mm-hmm. boxes, bags um, for folks. And um, we're going to do more actually in January. So folks should stay tuned for that. Um, there'll be opportunities for some dinners. Um, we're going to put together a whole week of um, collaborations. And I think Ruth can talk a little bit more about that. Okay, well, let's hear it. Ruth, talk about the Brewer's Green. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Just yeah, oh, the uh, collaboration, please. Well, work. this is a collaboration. No, no, no. Me, yeah, she, no please, please but, but. let her talk. <laughs> You're killing we, me. We, we can we talk about everything. We All can right. talk about everything. Well, we everything. don't have time to talk uh, about everything, so we can't. Okay. The the women's the the women's collaborations are are really just beginning again in January with um, uh, regarding her an organization that formed in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, to help women uh, make it through the pandemic and it's got huge mission beyond that and really quick the Brewers Crust mm-hmm. is the crust on the pizza that you had today and it's a collaboration that Paradiso has done for years with. DC Brow and Bread for the City, and it's going to be available at all locations through uh, the 31st of December. So come and support the community. We love that. Um, Okay, Diane, tell us quickly, what's our last one? So the last wine you're drinking is from Cellar Pardas. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 100% Sumol, which is an indigenous variety. This is um, Mm. an old estate that is being run by new people. uh, right near Barcelona. It's about 30, 40 minutes from Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great medium-bodied red wine, and we paired it with grape leaves from Lebanese Taverna, which is one of the uh, restaurants that we're featuring prepared food from at the um, Cork store in Spring Valley. I love it. Um, along with, like, Buttercream Bake Shop and Riss and Centralina and a whole bunch of fabulous um, Sticky Fingers. Um, All the good women. Shop. So many wonderful um, women and minority-run businesses throughout the city, and we're getting more and more stuff in. And it'll be we'll be featuring things all through uh, new things all through the beginning of the year. Great. All right. So, guys, can you tell us, please, where we can find both uh, the collaborations and also uh, the pop-up? I mean, not the pop-up, the new place. Well, Cork is on 14th Street um, uh, in Logan Circle, but the new place is. Um, right in Pizzeria Paradiso in Spring Valley, 4850 mm-hmm. Mass Avenue. Right. Um, and uh, you walk right by it as you um, front and center on Mass. So, okay, great. And will you give um, us the website, please, for uh, where people can get the gifts baskets and all that kind of good stuff? Women'sFoodFest.com. Right. I love that. Okay. Both of you, thank you so much. And we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. Um, It has been an incredible year, and we so appreciate you joining us every Sunday on our journey as we talk about all the fabulous food, wine, hospitality, and industry conversations that have been happening. Look, it's kind of crazy out there. We hope that you are all vaccinated, get boosted, 
you may have to wear a mask. Just do so. Remember that there are uh, disruptions out there, so you can't get everything that you want. And uh, there are staff shortages still. So just remember to be kind. We hope you all have a really safe and happy holiday with your loved ones and an incredible new year. And we can't wait to be back with you in 2022. 